This is episode 147 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 147 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Susan White Livermore on the show. Susan, for those who don't know her, is a very successful real estate entrepreneur. She's been in the business for quite some time. She's seen ups, she's seen downs. She's invested in Alberta before the uh, real estate market crashed out there. She invested in the stock market before everything went south in 2008, 2009. Uh, so she has seen it all, for lack of a better way of saying it, and persevered and come through. And she came on the show today to share the lessons that she's learned along the way. Uh, Susan's definitely been in it for the long haul. She's done it successfully. She seems to have a lot of fun with what she does as a real estate investor. So she does everything from burrs, larger uh, investments as joint ventures. Uh, as she puts it, she just has fun making money. And I think that's about as good of an introduction as I can make for her. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we get into to it. If you're new to the podcast and new to real estate investing, I recommend going right back to episode one and working your way all the way through. I have a cash flow spreadsheet that you can grab off my website at andrew-hines.com if you'd like to use that while you analyze deals. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, hit the like, subscribe, notification bell if you haven't already done so and leave us a comment on this episode. Let us know what you think. If you're an audio listener, I'd be greatly appreciated if you would leave a five-star rating and review to help this show reach more people. So without further ado, please enjoy episode 147 with Susan White Liver. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Susan White Livermore on the show and she's going to tell us her story. I know none of it. So thank you very much for being here today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, well, you made the trip down, so let's make it worthwhile. Um, I want to go right back to the beginning. The basics give me everything as if I never heard your story because I haven't. (laughs) Okay. Um, So basically how I got into real estate. Yeah, yeah. so starting like, yeah, what, what inspired it? When did that happen? Yeah. Um, mine's the no excuse story for the individual that's thinking about getting into real estate investing and finds all sorts of excuses as to why not. So um, I was first inspired by my brother that is, he's about six years younger than me. And in his second year university, he decided he was going to buy a house move into it, rent out a bunch of rooms to his buddies. Essentially, he was all about living for free. That was his goal. And I remember thinking at the time, (laughs) okay, kid, you've got no money, you've got uh, no credit, no job, no down payment. And the last time I checked, you're at least $20,000 in debt. How on earth are you going to make this happen? But sure enough, he, he found what was an investor at the time or a joint venture partner at the time. Um, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, and he, together they bought the property and they split it 50-50, like no paperwork, no nothing. They just did this thing. So he managed to get the property. They held that property for five years. I remember watching from afar, wow, this kid has guts. Like he's determined to make some money and like he's going to be worth a lot because like, he was just – he didn't see roadblocks like yeah. the general population do. And so they held that property for five years. After five years, they decided to sell it. Um, my brother basically lived for free. And then they, they sold that property after five years for $100,000. And at that time, that was a lot of money. So I remember thinking, whoa, like there's something to this. Um, fast forward, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks after he sold that property, turned around and he 
bought a property in behind Georgian College in Barrie. So he, all he was doing was just moving a house closer to um, where he currently lived because he was self-managing. Um, and he he calls me up and he said, yeah, I just bought a house. So I'm going to rent it out to students, brand new house. And I thought to myself, I had the fear of being left behind. So I, the following weekend, I was living in Milton at the time. I went and I picked out my brand new house, did no research, did nothing. I had no idea what the units would rent for, had no idea what the bylaws were. Frankly, I didn't care. I was just like, let's do this, right? And had no concept of what a new house is like and that they don't always close on time because they were these were supposed to close in June. So it was new construction? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like okay. as a coach today, I would never advise what I did, but it worked out, right? Yeah, so yeah. they closed as expected in June. We added bedrooms and family room and bathroom to the basement. We used the model home as the house, come in, see what it's going to look like. Yeah. And we had it rented out immediately, both un- both houses, um, before we even took possession. Oh, that's beautiful. So I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, so it was fun. Six months later, we bought another one. And then, you know, it gets boring because real estate is really, really, other than right now, real estate's very slow yeah, or has been usually, very slow. Yeah. And that's, at the time, I didn't appreciate that, that it's boring, it's designed to be boring, it's actually a very stable source of income. I didn't really understand that until about 2008, 2009. So after the three properties, I got bored, I stopped investing in real estate and started throwing money in the stocks because I could see on a daily basis, I could go into work and I could see, oh, I made this amount of much money today. So that was a, a lot of fun. Obviously, I like to follow the high. <laughs> um, and then 2008 hit, and I started losing a lot of money. And I was one of those people that put my head in the sand. And I just I didn't sell when I should have. Um, 2009 came along. I We had our third kid. And I had a choice to fix. We moved from Milton to Barrie. And my priority, because I didn't have to work, I will be honest about that, was to fix our pension plan. Because um, as far as I could see, we weren't, we didn't have a pension, like everything, the student properties and the stocks that were going down fast were, were all that we had. So that was my priority. First, before I found a job, I was out to solve the pension problem. So that was my only goal initially. And so I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this seriously, I probably should educate myself and do this properly. Um, backing up, I comparing the uh, stocks to the rental properties, I could see that the rental properties, although at the time they weren't appreciating in value, I was still getting mortgage pay down yeah. and I was still getting cash flow. So to me, they felt like the, and I was controlling them and they were insured. There were yeah. just so many pluses that right, I'm like, right. you know what? I can rely on this just because first and foremost, I'm in control. So I went and decided that that's the route I'm going to use in order to create our pension plan. I'm going to figure out how to do this thing called real estate investing um, properly. And so I went out and I spent, I convinced my brother, both my brothers and my father, like, to, to join me and we went and educated ourselves on like every different aspect of, of uh, real estate investing that 
I could get my hands on. So we were doing weekend courses for two years, essentially. Um, and it took me a year to really get going until I started really understanding the fundamentals of economics. And then I was like, okay, uh, this thing is actually fun because I can anticipate what's going to happen and I can better plan. So it, it didn't feel like, actually, the second time out, deciding to buy with with knowledge was actually more difficult than being completely naive. Like completely naive, I was like, this is easy. But when you're serious about it, it gets a little scary. So yeah, second time out, um, once I understood the economics, then I was out buying crazy amounts of, I, I won a ton of awards early on and Okay, what what business. year what year would that be? Like you really started kicking it on? Uh, by 2011, 2012, um, I was buying and buying and buying. So I, I moved different strategies based on what the market was doing. Yeah. So I did a lot of student properties. I got into rent to own. Yeah. Uh, I've done flips. I've done wholesaling, uh, and then. I've done burrs in Calgary and then a ton of burrs here in right. Gary. Okay. And uh, like uh, what number a year when you were winning the awards, where were you at then and how versus now? Properties? Yeah, How many were you adding or flipping? or? Um, in 18 months, I think I bought 15 properties or something like that. Wow, that's busy. Yeah, for, for the first year, I don't, yeah. I don't work that hard now. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a lifestyle now. Um, also because my kids are older and if you think – when your kids are older, they're going to be less work. You're wrong. <laughs> they're actually more work. Um, so yeah, I I um, was doing a lot. I've done over a hundred transactions, um, but really now I'm trying to do as much as I can with the least amount of time as I possibly yeah. can, and I'm following what the market does. So yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, the, you said you understood the economics. What is it that you came to understand, and how specifically that did that impact you in your in your your actual business plan? So what? Okay, so um, how, I'm going to tell you. Can I kind of change that question a bit? Is how I made decisions to move out of different strategies? Sure. Yeah, if that's an that, easier way to look at it. That's an easier way yeah, of okay. um, I started looking at. How many touches, how much time was each strategy taking me? Um, so I, I, I thought that student properties was going to be great, but then there was so many touches. Even when I brought in a property manager, they didn't have enough staff to deal with turnover in the end of August. So I always always had my hands in there. I hated August 31st, September number 1st. It was like a 36-hour, go as hard as you possibly can kind of thing. And it was just, um, I, I decided that it, it was too much work for the amount of money we were making. And we weren't actually making as much money because every year when you turn over, you don't want to be turning over every year. You want to be no. turning two to three years, ideally. Yeah, I would shoot for three, uh, three yeah. four sometimes. Even. Well, right now with the market, the rents rising as, as quickly as they are, I want it more frequent. But it, it depends on what the market's doing, right? But on average, when it, it's in a balanced market, you're right, three to four years. But um, so switching over every year was getting expensive. So I got out of the student properties and thought, okay, let's do rent to own. Rent to own was fantastic. Like all the work was up front, finding the tenant buyers, and I found some cheats. I was looking at buying leads off property man, um, off property managers, off 
off mortgage brokers, off other yeah. investors. So yeah, I give you $5,000, but if I'm going to make 30%, what do I care about that five to $10,000 that they're yeah. getting up front? You have to still do your due diligence. Oh, if yeah. you don't do your due diligence, that program does not work. Yeah. Um, and then 2017 hit and the market went up so crazy and I was giving away fifty, seventy five thousand dollars worth of equity in On the properties, sales. which yeah. I was like, oh, this hurts. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't I never liked rent to own because you had to sell the property. I don't want to sell the property. No, I want right? to keep it. Yeah. So then you're thinking, okay, if if the market does this every once in a while that you get this crazy massive growth, um, do I really want to be like, it'd be better to hold on to the properties. And that's when I started to let go. So I probably let go of the, really let go of the, the rent owns in 2017. I was doing them sporadically and then really let go in 2017. And I'm grateful that I did now because of what's going on right now. Um, and then I really started into the burst. So I was buying single family houses. I started in Calgary and built them into legalized duplexes because the, in markets that where people were growing, so markets that people were moving into that market, and at the time Calgary was going crazy, and not a lot of people were building legalized suites in Calgary. So, the when we were after we built them, like it, the amount of appreciation we added to the property was like awesome, like yeah, tons that we were making tons of money up front. Unfortunately, at the time, I decided to hold on to that those properties and. It, that market turns. So from that, I learned I will never go into a market that is, if you can't define for me what the number one, the main industry is in that market, I'm out. Oh, yeah. That's a great way of looking at that. Yeah. If you, if you can easily say what's the number one industry, you don't want it. Um, yeah. Because as soon yeah, as you Unless you're that, buying it on the dip. Like if, yeah, if you're, yeah. 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 But as soon as you know what that, that then if that thing gets hit, you're, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah, you don't want to be reliant on... No, that's why I yeah, love Toronto yeah. or suburbs. Of, so diverse, right? I can't tell you what... Yeah, what's mean. Toronto's number one? They, I have no so many things. A lot of tech, but there's so many things, right? Manufacturing, no yeah. No idea. So um, other than the one exception I would say to that would be universities. Because yeah. even in a downturn, universities will attract... Which is what I've always said. That's why I always preach student rentals. And I... Yeah. I'm on the fence with that. I interviewed a guy that was big into student rentals at one point. He's like, well, it's like, no, we do see shifts sometimes, especially with cities that are only university oh, towns. Yeah. And if they overpopulate. Right. And I think we're, I think we're about to see a lot more of a focus on trades versus higher, like university education, because university doesn't give practical skills for the most part. They don't. So whereas yeah. trade schools, you can monetize that right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see more of that. And like, if you believe the whole Gary Vee model where he's saying, um, you know, basically go make it for yourself. Like it's done through hard work. It's not, it's, you know, a degree is not going to do it. Determination, right. mindset. So, so that for me kind of made me start to think, well, what if something did happen to enrollment? And what if enrollment goes down? And then I started thinking, okay, well, would my rentals pivot well into family rentals? And the answer I kept coming back with is no, not really. And they wouldn't cash flow. So actually I made a decision to pivot out of that uh, and put my money elsewhere because of that. Not that it's bad, but for my concentration of my portfolio, having it all in that didn't feel great. Very, <laughs> very good points because you've got to look at what is the environment doing? What is the economics doing? But I really hadn't thought about... Yeah. Um, 
student properties in, since I left, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just firmly love them for in, for in management. Like I got it down to like a T. Oh yeah, like the systems. What market were you in? London. Yeah. Okay. Near Western. So and I had you know really nice products, so it was easy to rent. Really yeah. think, and this is this might sound awful, but I think there's a difference between university students and college students. Oh yes, there is definitely. I hate to say it, but like I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like it was crazy. Well, it, there's this old tradition of going to university, not wanting to be left out, even though university, I firmly don't believe it's in most people's best interest to go anymore because yeah, I think going yeah. out and hustling and taking that four years to build your wealth is a hell of a lot better than, yeah. than taking four years to accumulate debt and, and achieve zero or very little so here's technical an skills. excellent question. I know. Now I'm turning yeah. around and interviewing you. Oh, no, but this is what this is about, right? <laughs> we'll just have a conversation. Yeah. You're about to have your first child. Yeah. Right? Will you encourage that child to go to university or college? I'll let them choose, but no, I won't be. I won't be encouraging university per se. I, I will encourage learning. Yeah, and, and I, I want to teach them to be a lifelong learner. Yes, constant learning from day one. And why? Teach the why. Why do we learn? What yeah. What does it allow us to do? Um, and you want to go to university? Great. You know, I'll help you pay for it if you can tell me what it's going to accomplish. Yes. And, um, you know, kind of put it back on them. And my buddy, he does a really good job of this with his kid. Like, he, you know, he lets them do little entrepreneurial things and he helps them run their, their businesses. And I just love the learning experience because they get to see for themselves and they start asking, well, why do people go to a job when they could just do this? Great question. Because they don't know. Because <laughs> they don't know. But they'll never take that if I just tell them. He'll never take it if I just tell him. I no. have to allow him to he discover that for himself. It. Yeah. So yeah. that's. Words don't teach. That's where I'm at now with, with it. I mean, I love that I. I went, you know, I went to business school and I love that uh, what I took from that, but did I need to, and was it worth it? And if I knew, you know, the, the key things I learned about real estate beforehand, would I have done that? No, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have just gone straight into real estate and used that four years to, yeah. to crush. I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to I, say. I, I think it depends on the person, but I've, I've spoken to a ton of chartered accountants lately. And I have a newfound respect for them because a lot of the, the people that I'm impressed with, they went and they worked for um, like the big banks or not the big banks, the big companies, Deloitte, Deloitte, whatever it is. And a lot of them were working, looking at the small to medium sized companies yeah. and they were yeah. um, looking for companies that had a great idea, making great money, but poorly managed. And then they would go in and they would say, listen, I can see where you're not doing well. Um, let me come in. Let me take an equity yeah. share. And I'm like, now that's a reason to go to university. And get well, yeah. Pretty practical <laughs> skill, right? A CA, a CA is immediately yeah. like a, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not a hands-on skill, but it is certainly a, it well, is an applicable see, skill. You yeah. can see where, yeah. where they're, they're yeah. really and, and why. So business degree. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the argument, right? Like, business and then yeah. your law, your doctor, your. But yeah. Those are the, like, the actual practical application uh, skills like doctors and engineers. To do any of that, to be honest. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, I mean, I, my heart is in business. Yeah. And I, and I like to teach them don't try and be the smartest kid in the room. Go find the smartest kid in the yeah. room and cheat off them. Like, that's yeah. right, where they tell you to do it all by yourself in school. I'm like, when you get up in the real world, you want to cheat. You want to cheat. That's the main <laughs> We of actually learn the exact it's, opposite. <laughs> yes. But no wonder so many struggle because yeah. they're trying to do it on their own. And it's yeah. like, no. And I tell my kids, what do you do every day? I go for coffee. I go for 
lunches and dinners. And I'm looking for the smartest people I can find that have the best opportunities to match up somehow. I don't know how that's going to be, but uh, like it yeah. has served me so well. It, and it's a ton of fun and I get to meet a ton of amazing people yeah. in that process. When did you stop working a job or did you? Uh, 2009, I was working as a, I, I was in human resources. I was the uh, director of human resources for a natural health product company. And after my third kid, I, we moved to Barry and, and they asked me back, but I'm like, I can't do that drive. So 2009 is when I really started. I put my kids in daycare like right away because I, I wanted to get out in the real world. And so I started with the pension, fell in love with it and just continued on and made that my, I'm not even going to call it a job. I'm not going to call it a career because it's been more of a hobby and joy for me. Like I, the minute I started to feel like it was work, I would back off and I'm like, okay, what am I doing that I don't like doing? Mm -hmm. And I would immediately turn around and hire someone to do that because the worst thing that can happen, I think, is that you get so sick that you stop doing it. The, the strategy is good, but my talent isn't everything. So I focus on the things that I really enjoy doing, the things I'm strong at doing, and I hire yeah. for everything else. And I accept that I'm not going to take the whole pie. That's okay. I'll take a piece of the pie. Yeah. So your business now is mostly burrs, right? Is that how you're adding now? Yeah, I, I do burrs. The last thing I actually, the last year, all I've done is flips and bought into apartment buildings. Okay. Um, and I'm making money on finder's fees. I'm making money where like opportunities show up. Like the other thing I'm looking at now is getting, buying into equity into businesses too, right? Like, Nice. And I'm learning how to stock hack. So the one I swore off um, doing stocks of all time in 2008, 2009. I'm like, this is horrific. Like, why would anyone do this? I didn't know how. But when you teach someone how and that there's all sorts of really cool strategies that yeah. can blow your mind, you're like, well, the strategy or the, 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 subject isn't wrong my strategy was wrong so now it's like a video game for me and yeah I, like i was in a mastermind mastermind meeting last week and comparing my notes of how i'm doing stock hacking with the guys and i'm like beating them and it's simply because my ego doesn't get in the way like i i am i stick to my strategy i know what i'm capable of i know what i'm not capable yeah. of and i don't go after the the big one because I don't know how to get out of it. Right, do you do the the, uh, the more conservative approach to stock hacking? I'm doing puts and spreads. Puts and spreads are good. And from what I've seen and talking to most people, where they get themselves in trouble is a naked call. Naked calls. So selling out of the money sort of. Or, yes, selling out of the money. So they're selling calls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've never done yeah. one. I'm going to stay out of it. <laughs> I, I don't need it. If I'm, I like I'm paying in the last year seventy three percent for someone who's just a beginner. You made seventy three percent. I had seventy three percent, and I'm for like one, for twelve the last twelve months. The last twelve. Months. Wow. And yeah, it's a video game for me. I come, I'll be standing in line. I, I buy my leads, so I I'm not trying to be the smartest kid in the room. I'm buying off so the people that are geeking out yeah. and loving this stuff. So who are you? Who are you uh, learning from in uh, terms of like for for? specific stock like how the training for trades no i, uh, I think you took who, irwin's course yeah, I took right Irwin's yeah course, but then in terms of like the advanced right now okay yeah 
I buy my leads off Lilo. Okay, Lilo, yeah. And he's really conservative, yeah, right? I, and, yeah, and I don't do what he says. Like yeah. he he likes this stock. Okay, I'm gonna. I always go for. I look for a one dollar premium. In okay. and around that, uh, the same date he uses, um, and I'll buy. I and I was talking about my little strategies. I learned a little bit. So I I the first day I'll buy two. And inevitably, the next day it drops. So then I'll buy another one the next day, and I just sort of buy in, and then eventually it'll come back up. So my premiums, I don't know. It's just that's I'm just learning a little bit. Of, will it always work that way? Probably not. But right now I'm, and yeah. I, I know a lot of my colleagues got really hit in February. And yeah, you're fine. doing well. Okay, yeah. so people will have to follow you to figure out oh, what you're no, doing. No, I'm not <laughs> teaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is a topic I really have to like get my head in that space. It's I've, fun. I've I've it's read fun. the different books on it, and it's... I've I've done some of Irwin's course on it, uh, and uh, but I never really got into it but yet. It, when yeah. you like standing in line waiting to go to the bank or something like that, and you do a trade, and I'm like, I'll be with my kids. Oh, I just made five hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, yeah, that is, fun that is that is fun, yeah. right? And it's inspiring them to look into it. And I was like, how did you just make five hundred dollars right. standing in line? That's the thing I love about that is that <laughs> it teaches people to, to question convention, right? Like, the, like what what is it we do normally? Like, why do people, why are we so habitual in doing what our parents did and what their parents did? And why do we think that just because this is the way it was done, that this is the right way? Yeah. And um, I, if you, in today's day and age, with what is going on in the market right now, because we have in, inflation, like everything yeah. costs so much more, you're not finding a way to make money yeah. while you sleep. Like Warren Buffett said, you're going to work till the day you die. What you could afford last year is not the same as right. what you can afford this year. And and a simple thing that I, I every time I hear people say, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that, I cringe. Like If you own a home today, chances yeah. are you've made hundred dollars to $200,000, maybe more in the last year in yeah. terms of appreciation. More than your job. For yeah. most people, your home made more than your work did. Yeah. And your home did it for free. <laughs> but so many people won't take their money out of their house to invest in something yeah. like another house. Or they're just like, well, I need to keep that safe. Well, you continue on your plan. You're never going to have the retirement that you plan. Like that, yeah. to me, with safe, and I see real estate, bricks and mortar, you can control it. Yeah safest thing you can buy into provided you're buying in a right market gta is hot right now yeah provided you buy i always just look at it with with cash flow so that even if a value goes down so you're not worried because you're still paying off your mortgage like you said before like yeah i was still getting my mortgage pay down even though the properties weren't going up that's okay if people are so spoiled because their properties have gone up yeah uh doesn't mean it'll always be that way no but uh to your point on inflation i really do think if we're if we're factoring in all the costs that people have to bear, we're more like a thirty percent inflation, because housing, right? That's yeah. the, one of the biggest and drivers. Your rent, no, yeah. nobody's job's gone up thirty percent. Right, it's not. So so unless you're finding a way to to invest and and kind of flip the game around so that you're benefiting from inflation rather than getting hurt by it, you're you know things aren't going to look good. No. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people are going to get caught off guard because it everything's not everything is going up and yeah if you're not looking to buy assets you're in trouble because the, holding money in the bank account is not working buying gic's is not working you're losing money 
Right. And I hear I hear this talk about living wage. There's so much talk about that, you know, $15 an hour and, you know, they're going to increase really? it. Like in and people are saying, well, it should be 18, should be 19. And Stop. <laughs> that won't change anything <laughs> because that's just going to drive the costs of everything yes! up. And here's so... the funny part that people don't consider. What if an employee is genuinely only worth $12? If you raise the minimum wage above $12, you've cut that employee out of the marketplace because no employer is going to pay somebody what they're not worth. So now you, all you do by increasing minimum wages, you eliminate part of the workforce that's not worth that. People who are actually aspiring to be good, they want to apprentice. Let me apprentice at $6 an hour and learn. I'm, it's better than paying for university and paying to learn. I can get paid while I learn. And then when I'm finally worth more, then I can earn it. I think it's just so funny. It's like the definition of insanity. You do the same thing over and over again. Like, like government policy and minimum wages created this problem and the money printing. Are they really going to solve it by increasing minimum wage? No, we need to get, you know, to a more model of self-responsibility. And then, of course, investing, learning, becoming self-sufficient and not dependent on a job. Get out of your parents' head. Yeah. Like, it's, this is not your parents' world. Nope. And um, you want to get ahead. It's, it's not going to be by doing what your parents did. I guarantee you that. And our children won't be able to do what we do. Right. It's all going to be different, right? I mean, just looking at how would, I mean, they have so many, whatever comes after millennials. They're like living at their generation Z, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. They're like living with their family, you know, like they're, they're not going to have the same opportunity to buy a house well, if, 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 unless they learn the new strategy, but yeah, not the same way. They're not no. going to do it the same way. Like but, think about but, it. That's not a problem. Like, in, in the fifties, one parent could work. The other stays home. They could have a house, a car and savings. And kids, and that was all good. Times have changed, so now we got to we got to adapt with it. Obviously, yeah, yeah. And I, I, like our kids are going to have to buy a two unit place or a three unit place. So what? Yeah, they're going to be further ahead, learning how to be a property manager. Yeah, you know, holding onto that property for a while, living in one unit, moving up to the next unit, moving up to the third yeah, unit. Yeah, exactly. Holding onto that property, refinancing, pulling their money out, and maybe buying the. So it's a process, but the beautiful thing about it, like traditionally we bought condos, right? Yeah. We didn't get to choose who lived beside us. Mm -hmm. They buy a three unit place. They can choose yeah. who's in it with you them. You can select so your tenant. What, what, oh, I that's mean, great. Bonus, oh, yeah. bonus, bonus. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, but we look at it so negatively yeah. that, oh, or that it can't be done. It irritates me when I say, oh, what are, when are you hear people say, well, what are our children going to do? Well, stop thinking the way we did. Right. So the ones that critically think will realize I have to adapt. The ones that don't will do that definition of insanity thing where you try the same thing that already isn't working and keep trying it. Yeah. Or <laughs> parents give large amounts of money, but then you're just the enable tree, right? You don't teach yeah. them how to fend for themselves. By doing it for them. And yeah. how empowering will that be if they can do it themselves? And maybe you give them a little bit of down payment to get yeah. into that property, but just buying them a single family house. Yeah. You're not putting them ahead. Yeah. And I, I'll have people reach out to me and they'll do that. You know, I'm, I'm buying one house. I'm like, great. What are you going to do after that house? <laughs> you're stuck, right? Yeah. You got, you got to have a plan. Like you yeah. got to have a value add or you're going to borrow money or what are you going to do? How are you going to go past that? Right. If, if, if it really is about retirement or creating wealth or what have you. Stop working at some day so you can do what yeah. you really want to do.
Live like Susan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's not the worst. It never like. It doesn't sound like the worst. No. Who am I going to have coffee with today? Or you know, this year I learned how to play golf, and now yeah. I just change coffee and lunch to golfing. Yeah. But um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I just posted that as a story this morning that the highest form of wealth is is being able to wake up any morning and say, I can do whatever I want today. That's And I truly believe that. That's like been the, the focus of everything I've done is just creating absolute freedom and, and completely eliminating dependency. Yeah. I didn't think it would happen this quickly. Well, for you, you, you got in at... A decent time early on, right? Like yeah. you, you, well, you learned from your I, brother, right? Relative. Yeah, I was relative. In, I yeah. started in 2006. Yeah. Um, I, I have 2017 and t- the last year to thank for it. I've yeah. gone through a divorce and I can happily say that I'm as financially successful as today as I was before the divorce. I'm not sure how that happened, but thank God for the last year and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> So it's pretty cool. Yeah, like uh, inflation is done. Investors are big solid, yeah, except for trying to buy more. <laughs> well, it, it you have to think. Things. Look, you yeah. just look at it differently, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't get it stuck in that. Well, we used to pay this for this. Yeah, I used, so I used yeah. to put a seventy thousand dollar deposit down, and now I'm at one hundred and fifty. Yeah, but and I can't buy what I used to buy. But rents are changing again. Like we're really starting to yeah. see rents go up again. I don't know if people can afford those rents that are going up this is my concern they bring in their in-laws and their their family like they bring in people to live and split the rent I i'm seeing that want, i don't want that either people so <laughs> yeah um bigger buildings makes more sense to me at this point in time yeah also because cap rates are coming down so every time a cap rate comes yeah. down you're like that's huge money yeah it is that, well yeah it makes your your building go up in value that much more so what do you, uh, like, are you open to to kind of expanding your focus and area? I know you've invested in Calgary, but if you don't like cash flow and Barry per se, do you expand out of that? Um, anything that I own directly or with joint venture partners has been in and around Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm lazy. I don't want to travel. And I know my market inside and out. So um, if I'm managing it or overseeing it directly... I want it close to me, within an hour right. of me. Gotcha. Um, I recognize that that's really the money's not really there right now. So uh, I have been investing a lot with colleagues in markets that they know really well. So yeah. I'm into the Kingston market. I've got one in really, which isn't that far away. Um, I and having fun working through people that I know and trust. And it's back to building relationships, getting to know people, understanding what they're doing, how they're adding value. And I get to pick and choose what properties I get involved in. And I really focus on the ones that they can add value to. Things like adding extra units. So we bought a 32 unit. We're going to bring it up to a 40 unit. Well, that increases the uh, rents. Uh, for every in this market, for every hundred dollars that we increase the rent, that throws the value. At, when we first got into it, threw the value up twenty thousand dollars. But now, because the cap rates come down, we're closer to twenty five thousand dollars. So yeah, so much fun. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> if you just you just go sign a tenant up for four hundred dollars more, you've added a hundred thousand dollars in value. And and see, when I look at like how much work do I have to do in order to make the same amount of money, and at the 
I can see their train of thought of how I'm going to get my money back within the time frame that they're talking about so that I own what we call an infinity house. We have no original capital in our infinity apartment and then I can go play more. So I like that. Um, I, I, I don't see the need to do I, right now when I do stuff on my own, like my flips and that it's, it has been a lot out of educating others. So I, I've been doing these flip houses, bringing in students, hiring a, contractor and letting them have the HGTV experience of what's really entailed. It's not as sexy as it looks on TV. So these are your coaching students kind of showing them what you're doing? Um, they're, they're university and high school students. So I'm going even younger. Like they're, they're working for the, um, the summers. Okay. Uh, we, I've had two two houses that were basically hoarder houses. So they got to see all the work of taking everything out and their eyes were open. And then, you know, they think it's like, just add some paint and, and then, and do some flooring. And then their, their contractor shows them, well, no, we've got some mold happening here or we've got carpenter ants or whatever. So they learn that there's, you know, as soon as you take that wallboard down, (laughs) You don't always know what's going to be behind it. And so, and I will bring them through the numbers. So we'll, you know, we bought it for this price. Here's what we're anticipating the costs are going to be. Always have a cushion because there's things you just don't know, especially within a hoarder house, because you can't see everything because the walls are covered with stuff. Right, 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 yeah. Um, And I, you know, teaching them that when I do a flip, I look for $150 to $200 spread from the, $200, $200,000 from the purchase price to the sale price, anticipating that I'll be putting in, you know, 50 to 80,000 and oftentimes we're well over a hundred. Okay. And what type of properties would these be in Barrie? Are these like semi-detached? Are they detached homes? They're detached homes. We were able to to buy for? um, The two we did... This year we're five hundred four four ninety and five hundred. You can still get that in Barry. Off market. Okay. Not on. So you got the the hookups? Sorry, you yeah, talking I, to I Manny do or a, a pink letter campaign. Okay, so you do your own. Yeah. Marketing. Or I, one of them we well, we bought off a wholesaler. Okay. Um. So four ninety, we put in. $88,000 in renos. We had someone pay cash for it. So there was twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 in uh, holding costs and just in terms of the mortgage, so to speak. Then closing costs was another 10000 We ended up selling for seven sixty-five. dollars At the end of the day, we made $120,000. But we weren't yeah. anticipating that the it would sell for as high. Okay. Uh, so we lucked out there. Like that was mm-hmm. more than you would normally expect to make. So you're normally expecting around I, 100, 150? No, to be honest, 50 to 80. 50 to 80, okay. Yeah. I, I okay. will. It, it's but worth when things are going up bed. so fast, that's where. Yes. I, I hear yes. you about getting out of bed. Like if it, if it just doesn't look good, you're just not going to do it. Like yeah. why, why would I get into that? Now, are you funding these with your own money or is this generally investor Investors. money? Investors. So like on a loan or on a, on a partnership? Um. They, on this on this particular one, we had like it was a mortgage, so we okay. borrowed cash 
Okay. And paid them nine percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done I've done similar. That's that's a nice way of doing it. It keeps things clean. clean. You don't have to show them all these are a profit. Here's they how we care. calculate it. No. Here's your percentage return. Yeah. Nice and easy. Yeah. And, and we were paying them every month. Yeah. That's what I've done too. Yeah. People tend to like that. Just yeah. It's clean, easy. Get a direct deposit in your bank account. Yeah. And, and then there's no really risk on their part, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I'm going to bring you in as a partner, there's got to be risk on your part. Right. Well, you're, they're they're exposing their capital, obviously, but they you have a business plan. You yeah. Have, you and have a, you, have you know what? what? Do, At the yeah. end of the day, yeah. Working with me, yeah. Even if it went sour, they're getting their money back. Right. I'm gonna find yeah. a way because I this business is so small. Yeah. Like yeah. The I circle, agree. Circle. Yeah. If you don't pay somebody, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So Absolutely. If it went yeah. sour, they're gonna be getting all their money back for sure. Right. Right. And I've operated the same way with that too. Yeah. That's that's very important. So. I, and I like that you said that about the joint venture partnership because that's what I see a JV partnership really is is like running mates in in your business. You know, we're gonna both add something to this business beyond just capital. We're gonna put we're gonna put our creativity, our our efforts, you know, our organizational skills together. Yeah. Oh, I'll use a joint venture partner. They'll put in all the money. They'll um, get the mortgage for it. Yeah. And then I'll do everything else. I'll put yeah. the deal together, and then we'll share that fifty fifty. So. Um, so then you're not having to qualify. Yeah. And I'm guessing I'm you'll own your portion. You'll own your portion with a corporation, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the other thing I've been doing this year is refinancing everything, trying to move my equity around as much as possible. To, and it's been a lot. It's challenging, but it's been fun. Are your properties mostly in your personal name? Nothing is in my personal Nothing name. Nothing in your My personal house. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you should have no problem getting mortgages then. You have to guarantee everything, right? Right, so. but that won't show on your personal. So, no, it won't show. So what yeah. I've seen people do, um, people with a lot of properties, is you just go, like you compartmentalize things. Like what does Scotia know about? What does BMO know about? Yeah, but when eventually you have to hand <laughs> yeah. over um, your T4s and that sort of thing. So don't they find it out then? Well, I I, I pay like myself have. a T five out of my my numbered corp, which is yeah. just like a hold co, and I don't really get any questions around. No? That. <laughs> All right, we gotta it's talk. A, it's a need to know basis that, from what I understand, people who really acquire a lot. But then, what I'll see people do beyond that is um, is really just getting into credit unions where they don't care. They more approach it with like a kind of a commercial approach, so they'll restrict your loan to value a touch, and they'll give you the twenty five year am. Um, or maybe they'll give you 30. It depends. But then you can unlimit your growth. As long as you're meeting their metrics at the end with your cash flow and they get to know you, it's like, okay, you got another one? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so, I mean, I like that I like that idea. I see a lot of people getting it done that way. And then, of course, you get into the bigger commercial and that's how you're working anyway. There's no yeah. max, right? The more, yeah. the better. Yeah. They and just move you up into the higher easier. level of the lending department. Like, oh, now you're over 500 million. We'll move you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make yeah. your way to the top. It's fun. I love. I could talk about this stuff for hours. Yeah. That's why I say yeah, what I, I do what, is the best. Which way are we? Which way are we going to go with this? Where, where's the thirty-two unit building? Kingston. That one's yeah. in Kingston. Yeah. So, so your partner is in Kingston, or not you, in Kingston? You're not the working partner on this one. Are you a money partner on this one? I'm a money partner, and I raise funds. Like if I really believe in it, I just start talking about it. That's just who I am, right? Like yeah. 
And people ask me what I'm doing and I, I don't shut up. <laughs> and okay. so I'll eventually track people and so into deals I'm into. And so I've been doing that as well. So. so is that when you've raised those funds, has that been a bunch of equity partners all coming in together on this deal? Yeah. Okay, that's that's more what that is. And it makes sense for a building so big because there's a lot of upside to be had there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, if I didn't believe in it or didn't think that it would help them get them to their goals, it's not. Yeah. But... Um, for anyone that can park money for three years, I, I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. I'm, um, right now, like I talking about going with multiple partners, uh, doing a, a, a trailer park campground. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, it's like just like license to print money. Exactly. Right. I mean, it, it's harder to lend on them. Like you're going to get closer to 50, 55% loan to value. But, um, so we've firmed up on this one. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail just yet, but, uh, basically I see an opportunity to like say one trailer site. If it was, you know, a, um, Airbnb Airstream or something like that done up real nice, there's potentially like 40, $50,000 of gross income per, money. per slot. Right. So, Right now, it's kind of being operated as like a seasonal. Um, is it nice? I, I mean, I've or never you trailer could make parked. a section of it really yeah, cool. Is I, I it by it, water? It, it's got a pond right in the middle of it. Uh, and then it's, it's yeah, it would you know, be worth five minutes to a lake. To see what happens, right, right? right? Well, I've seen the Airbnb stuff and how it does. So I'm pretty pumped about it and what's possible, but it will be work. So we've got a few partners and we're all going to kind of use our own initiatives to create income in different areas of the the project so like cool. glamping like where yeah, you, you know do yeah, walking yeah, yeah, camping yeah. in a tent with a bed in it and stuff like so, that so sort of like the high-end things that you see yeah in africa when they're like for safaris like the high-end tents so you think in that i'm not sure if i've seen that i just kind of talked to the guys that i've done this with uh they've sent me like stuff like there was one i saw which was like a platform in the water Oh. Um, with a tent on it and a bed in the tent. And like, so you just like flip up your tent flaps and then you're looking out onto the water. That's cool. And uh, I'm not saying, saying we would do that, but I mean, just, I've heard of these I, getting like hundreds of dollars a night. Yeah. For a because tent. it's unique. If yeah. it's unique and so, an experience. Yes. A unique experience. So that's, that's kind of the thought is go in and create unique experiences and, you know, slowly build it up, get away from that whole rent this, this, uh, slip for a year. Don't yeah. do that. No seasonal um, yeah. RV spots. But um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of That's an interesting really cool. thing. I like it when there's, like like you said, license to print money. It's all about how. It's what yeah. what's, that, what's it going to take. Yeah. Once you own the land, yeah. whatever you do on it yeah. is just gravy, right? right? And that was a big part of it for me, too, is I want to control land. Large, you know, a large portion of commercial land, too, here in a good area. So that's that's kind of where my head's at. I want to get as much land as I can that's profitable because yeah. down the road, land is, land is gold. They're not making any more They're of it. They're not making People? any more of it, right? And I've <laughs> always wanted that, right? Let's say this again. They're not making any more land. I've always wanted to control a bunch of land, right? Even on, like, the houses I've bought, I'm like, yeah, if you can get, you know, extra yard, you know, extra yard or a side yard, right? You might be able to sever. You might be able to build a backyard unit. You never know what might yeah. change in the future. That's, uh, it's big and buried right now. It's garden the, suites. The garden suites with mm -hmm. tiny homes or? No, you can. Yeah. Um, it, as long as it doesn't take over 10% of the property. Yeah. So you can do 10% of the gross area of the lot? Yeah, but okay. you have to be, they've changed, they've recently changed the rules. I think you have to be seven feet in. 
um, oh, okay. so off, set, the, off the So off side the yard setback or, yeah. or backyard, rear yard setback? Both. Okay. From the property line. So seven feet off. Okay, so centered in the backyard or... Sort of. Yeah. Can't be Depending right. on how big your yard yeah. is. Yeah. That's that's good that they're allowing it there because I know I know London did pass some bylaws to allow rear yard units, but the requirements were so stringent that no one would ever be able to qualify. Like oh, you really? Would, with the gross floor area requirements and... So from what I've heard, no one's really doing Yeah, we're doing them. the Midbury, for yeah. sure. Um, mm-hmm. This is why I see like an opportunity, like getting like tiny homes on wheels and stuff, and then you crane them into the backyard and you can do it that way. Um, that's what I'm kind of thinking for the... But how uh, do you do the plumbing on that then? So you have to put a box around it. Um, basically... Um, you would run a trench with your water lines in directly, yeah, stub okay, it straight up. Yeah, I have a pool house, so it's the same thing. You just stub it up, and then you just build an insulated box around it. Yeah. Here's, see, I love those little those little problems. Like, uh, how are we going to engineer this to work? And I'm not an engineer by trade or anything, but like, just like when we come into problems in a house, like we've got to carry this load down, or we have to, you know, we want to make this functional. Like that's why I always loved renovations because it's like a jigsaw puzzle. How are we going to make it work? And uh, that's one of the most enjoyable things that I can get into on the technical side for me. Yeah. I think tiny homes and that pond that you're... That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's that's ultimately the goal would be to get more and more of those and we'll build them right on site. Like we'll get a trailer frame because the zoning will allow as long as it's on wheels, we can do it. And part of the strategy would be go in and and get it rezoned or get a minor variance to allow us to operate year round. Um, But as long as they're on wheels... We can we can build it and it's like an awesome home. We can you know showcase it on Airbnb. And you'll get those minimalists that don't yeah. bring a bunch of stuff with them anyway. Well, they want an experience, yeah. right? Can you? Yeah, like you said, if put it right on the water, they like open their curtains. They're looking looking out onto the pond and they can go for a little nature hike. And yeah, yeah, this is kind of w- yeah. what's got the wheels turning in my head right now. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Yeah, really cool. Not that this is supposed to be about me, we're, but I, no, I love but it. I love what? these organic uh, real estate conversations. This is my world. This is. How- I make money as like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, what can I take from what you're doing? Um, but why I, uh, part of the reason I brought that up is just, yeah, with the rear yard units, like, you know, you can get tiny homes now, say they're on wheels, but those could actually become really useful down the road for rear, rear yard units. Like, what yeah. if you could have a pre existing unit, cart it up to your house, throw a crane on it, and just drop it in the backyard, hook it up to the plumbing? And, uh, well, they're putting pools like that. So, yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see this evolution now that and, and Hamilton's allowing the laneway houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how common they're becoming just yet, but um, you know, as this progresses, I think that whole tiny home tiny home movement is going to really pick up. It's interesting. Yeah. Anywho, um, is there anything else you'd like to share, uh, kind of about your experience, a cool deal you're working on, or just some wisdom for our viewers and listeners that you know, kind of something you would like to teach them. Mm-hmm. Well, I often leave with the or leave with this. Um, you know, one of the things that I've really focused on since I started into real estate investing is what is it that's holding people back in terms of being able to take action? And it's always fear, right? There's some sort of fear. Um, they've learned something along the way of how things are supposed to be done, and we're essentially asking them to do something almost in in some ways opposite of what they've been taught. That you know, don't take risk take the solid, sure way. And if you're recognizing that the solid and sure way doesn't feel right to you anymore and you're struggling with taking that action, you need to think about the people that you spend most of your time with and you need to let them sort of get into your subconscious and 
allow the way they think become part of the way you think. And the more time you spend with these people, the more you start thinking like them, the easier it will become to take that action and because that's just norm for them. And the other thing is when and if, when, because things do go wrong. Yeah. When things go wrong, when you've built that group of people, I, I say six, go after six. Yeah. That are doing what you want to do, achieving what you want to achieve. And something goes wrong with the one or two things that you've bought. Yeah. Who are you going to call? Like you've got six people to call. And if they don't have the answer, I guarantee you somewhere along the way or somebody's dealt with the, Similar, the yeah. block that you have in your head as to reason why you shouldn't do it. Somebody's had to address it and survived. And the other thing I would say is that, you know, the things I used to worry about way back when I first got started, like they're happening to me. I'm not going to lie. They're happening to me all the time now. I don't even think about that. They do yeah. not keep me up at night. The more properties you have, the less you worry about the, the things yeah. that are holding people. So don't get in, hit a roadblock, and give up. Get in, find your group of people that help you, support you, and are doing this, and this is their way of life. Stick around them. Absorb their energy the way they yeah. think. Um, when something goes wrong, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Learn from the mistake. Build confidence that, okay, this happened to me. Here's how I solved it. And that won't happen to me again because now I know that. Yeah. You didn't know what you didn't know before. Now you do. So now there's more confidence to take that next step. Um, and just keep going. The more you have, the easier it becomes. Yeah. This is that graduation <laughs> process of like things used to really rile me. And then down the road, it's like, I just build that into my budget and I yes! expect it. Like, <laughs> yes. But don't, don't put yourself so tight yeah. that yeah. you've got no cushion. Yeah. Like always have that extra, can we swear? Holy shit file. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, That's what it is. It all comes down to money. Like at yeah. the end of the day, if you've, if you've not left any money in the account for anything to go wrong, you You're will not sleep at night. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas if you just put the money in the account and say, I expect things to go wrong, and this is my I can sleep at night fund, done. Yeah. No, the problem goes go away. <laughs> yeah. And, and stop trying to do everything by yourself. Yeah. This is a team yeah. sport. And the creativity yeah. really goes insane when you bring other people in play. Yeah. You know, one plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals yeah. 10, 100, 1,000. Right, right. And that's why, I, that's why you know, initially I was like, no, don't do JVs. And I, I think in certain ways, don't. Like if, if you have all the skills and you don't need anything and it's a long-term keeper, like it's single fam, then don't. But on the bigger stuff where creativity can really add value, rock on with JVs. I think that that can really work well, provided you pick the right people and, you know, the mindset's there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really appreciate this talk. That was great. Um, if people want to follow you, learn more about you, where do we send them? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Susan underscore, or not Susan, millionaire underscore mom underscore enterprises on, on Instagram. They can find you at my uh, millionaire mom on Facebook. Okay. Uh, or uh, they can find me at my website at www.millionairemom.ca. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, Susan. This was great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.